This is your coffee break. Welcome to episode two of Coffee Break. I'm Sarah Werner, and today I am talking with my very good friend, Alice. She runs the blog MadLikeAlice.com, and that's Alice with a Y. And I'll be sure to link to her blog in today's show notes. So hi, Alice. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. We were just talking about voice quality, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of funny. I've had listeners tell me that my voice is soothing, and I'm like, yay. And then they tell me that it's so soothing, they use my podcast to fall asleep. Oh, no. And so I'm not <laughs> sure if that's a compliment or not. I've uh, never fallen asleep listening to it. So. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> Thanks. Um So Alice is here today um, to talk to us a little bit about blogging and writing and being creative and balancing all these things in life. So I want to kick us off. Just tell me a little bit about what drove you to start a blog. Well, there was a couple of different things that really kind of uh, sparked my imagination to do this. And I'd been thinking about it for probably a good year before I actually started to some point, I really enjoyed, for one, reading. If you write, I think that you always have to read, and I read anything I can get my hands on, even if it's the back of a cereal box while I'm eating cereal. So, like, I'm always reading something. Yeah. And uh, I really started to enjoy this kind of collection of blogs on the internet, some ones that I started following uh, consistently. And I kind of felt that I just wanted to be part of this, like, online community. It also made me think of back in high school, I had this blog, and it was just this fun thing that I put out there and didn't even care about, and I just wrote on it, and... I just kind of really missed that spark of creativity that I'm sure a lot of people feel like, oh, so much more creative when I was in high school or when I was mm-hmm, younger. Mm-hmm. And of course, now we grow up and we have way different demands on our time and on just what's included in our life. So many more things that we have to do and worry about. Pretty much we just kind of grew up and I feel like there should be a way to be able to grow up and not have to lose that creativity. So that was a big part of it. It was, um, especially with my current job, I am very analytical and data-driven. You know, it's very task-oriented, and there's not a lot of opportunity for creative license within what I do. I just felt I needed some kind of outlet because that's what really invigorates me. That's what kind of refuels me is doing something that's a little more creative. The other half of that was a big purpose of my blog is to kind of talk about just a lot of the experiences that I've gone through. If you go to my blog, you'll see that I do have PTSD and chronic pain, and that was a big part of, you know, people kind of like to label you and put you in a box, especially when you do have different types of either mental concerns or, you know, physical disabilities, and they just like to put you in this box and just assume that's where you live, and in reality, there's so much more to life than that, and just with my own journey of healing, uh, I just wanted to share that to other people that might have those same experiences and also show that there is so much more to life. So <laughs> probably I'd say 80% of my blog actually doesn't talk about those specific subjects. Mm-hmm. In general, it's really just a lifestyle blog about my interests and what I do and uh, with, you know, kind of that background of my life. That is a really good, well-rounded explanation. <laughs> So you realize that, you know, okay, yes, I'm starting a blog, and often it's good to have a blog with sort of a niche feel, so Mm -hmm. PTSD, chronic pain, but that's not all you blog about. I love that you focus on getting away from those labels and being a whole person, and I I really love that you've kind of embraced that there. So Yeah, one thing I have found uh, with blogging is um, it's kind of the start of the blog, so I know that's that's kind of something that I think a lot of people struggle with is what is this going to be about? What mm-hmm. do I call it? And then what am I going to write about? And sometimes a lot of people just do it naturally. They just 
write um, kind of off the cuff, but when you start to plan out a blog and really want it to be something that's structured well for your users or for your for your audience, mm-hmm. I really think that you, you, you can't limit yourself. So you have to pick something you're passionate about. You can't just be like, oh, I love this blogger. They're successful. I want to follow them and I want to be like them and try to emulate them. That's not going to work because it's not natural and it's not from your heart. You have to find something that you're passionate about that you can write about. And if it's not something that you are passionate about, you're going to fizzle and burn out pretty quickly. And on the same note, even if you're passionate about something, you need to pick enough of a scope so that you can still, you know, pick different topics, um, different features, different ideas, and kind of like weave them in about so you don't get completely burned out, like on DIY projects or um, just a lot of different stuff. Like you've got to give yourself breathing room to allow the blog to grow naturally. So when you write, what are you writing for? Like when you sit down to write, it kind of sounds like it's a little bit of a creative outlet, but are you doing that for yourself mostly or are you doing it to like connect with other people? I'm just asking that because I liked what you said about back in high school when you felt like you were able to be more creative. You were just writing and you knew no one would ever read it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you still use that mindset today when you blog or is it a little different? It's funny um, because that mindset has changed since then. Um, I definitely write for myself and I write it as if I was speaking to someone that I knew well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the um, the tone I like to set when I'm writing. But on the flip side, um, I definitely do pay a lot more attention to what goes into the work. I make sure it's very authentic to me and that uh, I don't just like write something and post it without thinking or reading about mm-hmm. it because there's also that concept of what you put out on the internet is always there, regardless if you delete it or not. So I even ran across that once with my previous blog back in high school when it was just like an old blogger site and um, nothing special at all. I can't even remember what it was, but I do know that I had put up a post at one point that was referring to this cartoon, like this YouTube cartoon, and kind of put like a little clip or quote from it in there that I thought was hilarious. It was very offensive, but it was hilarious. However, Somebody that knew me and knew of the blog decided to use that against me and say that I wrote that on my own when, you know, taking it out of context. So, um, I mean, it was a really silly high school drama, but that was kind of my first instance of being very aware of what I put out there Mm -hmm. is still my brand. And it may not necessarily be my personal brand, but it is definitely my brand of Mad Like Alice. So you always have to keep in mind um, when you're writing is this authentic to who I want to be on this blog? And it doesn't have to necessarily be you as a person. It could be that this blog is just one aspect of your life and that's kind of the persona of the blog, but you still always have to make sure that you are always along that same line or following that that mindset when you write. So um, I definitely do edit some things out uh, or just not divulge certain information because of that. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's something that I think a lot of people don't even think about. Can you tell me a little bit more about personal branding? Yeah. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming there's a lot here. Personal branding really comes down uh, to a lot of the thought process that you have when you start the blog. And this kind of maybe goes to the advice part that I'm skipping ahead to, but... Um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, when I started Mad Like Alice, it actually started, like, kind of came up with the name Mad Like Alice. Obviously, it's kind of a play on words from um, the Lewis Carroll book, Alice Wonderland. And the whole idea of being uh, PTSD was like falling through the rabbit hole, living in this world where nothing makes sense and everything's scary. Something innocuous could be dangerous and um, just not really understanding the world we're in. That was kind of my concept. But I also really liked that in the most recent uh, movie that came out with Johnny Depp of Alice in Wonderland, Alice has grown up. She's coming back to Wonderland. Mm. And this time around, she knows the rules. 
these people are her friends. There's definitely danger there, but she's in control. And so my whole concept was it's okay. And just accepting like you may have mental issues that you have to deal with, in my case, post-traumatic stress disorder, and that's going to affect my life. I'm always going to have this. No matter how well of a control I get over it, things are going to happen. I may lose control. Anyway, a long explanation of Wonderland doesn't have to be scary. You can drink the tonic, you can eat the cake, you can walk the trails, and you can understand that this is a wonderful place to be and it can be okay. So that was the whole concept with Mad Like Alice. And um, I'd kind of had this analogy in my head for a while before even thinking of it as like an actual name. And um, finally decided, you know, like, oh, Mad Like Alice, that would be a really cool, really cool blog name. And so then I took the next step and actually like, okay, well, I probably should buy the domain name. And that to me made it real. It was no longer this idea. I was buying the domain name and all of a sudden this was like semi-tangible thing I was purchasing and I was going to own and this could be real now. It's no longer just an idea in the back of my head. That also comes back to picking your name. Sometimes you have to kind of run with it. So that's why Alice is spelled with a Y because, you know, I was thinking I want to get all my social stuff and my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff was going to be available to me Mm. without having to do some weird, like, you know, number two at the end or something (laughs) like that. So Alice in Wonderland, I went with a Y. You know, that kind of goes into some of the technical stuff about it. But, you know, I have some blogs that I follow that I really like what they do. And so I definitely let them inspire me, not necessarily copying them, but they helped me sort of form the idea of what I wanted to post about or what I liked on a blog and what I didn't. And so it definitely comes back to what was my personal preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, some blogs definitely put up stuff that I was like, oh, I'm going to breeze past this post. Um, and that's okay because every so often they're going to have something that I just love and um, they might have a feature that I really look forward to and information and things like that. So um, I kind of let that guide of what do I want to have on my blog? And I think that's really helpful when you're starting one to get an idea of what do you want to put on here? You're interested in doing a fashion blog. Well, it really helps to take a look at other fashion bloggers and see how are they structuring things. Do they have tips? Because a lot of bloggers put out posts about here's my top 10 tips on how to do this particular type of post or um, how to do this type of photography. And you can learn a ton of stuff just by following your favorite bloggers because they'll put that information out there. And that's what I really like about at least the blogs I follow and kind of the whole, I think they have blogosphere. But everyone out there, I love that it's just this positivity. It's all positivity and all helpful information. People, Mm. no one's like, oh, don't copy my blog. Everybody's excited to just like share what I'm doing. Join me. And I really, really like that positivity in the blogging world. Oh, I like that too. So I really liked what you said about using other blogs as sort of inspiration for your own work. How do you then not copy them? Not that you would intentionally copy them, but how do you rise above what they're doing and truly create your own thing? Because it's so easy to emulate, but it's so hard to create. Uh, definitely. Recently on my blog, I kind of started doing some more like fashion posts. And so some of the bloggers that I follow, uh, one, a beautiful mess, um, they have the sister style, which is a lot of fun to watch. Um, they have like two different takes on things and they'll theme what they do. So they'll have like a fall transition post or a, um, blacks and whites. And so then they, they just kind of like theme their outfit and take a picture. And the Dainty Squid is also one of my favorites. And then she does uh, what I wore. And Mm. it's just very simple uh, posts. But again, it's very authentic to her. So then I realized it doesn't mean that I have to copy what they did. And so actually my features are called so-called style. It's really just kind of a thing of me trying new fashions. And a big part of that is I am more of a plus-size gal. And I like to feel good about myself. And that helps me get through my day 
so much better. And if I'm wearing uncomfortable clothes, this kind of goes back to, you know, the chronic pain and, oh, and the PTSD. Yeah. It's just, if, if I'm uncomfortable in my clothes, it does not set me up for success for the full day. So a full day of working eight hours sometimes can be a struggle for me. You know, if I've got on pants, you know, because I've gained like, I'm say, I, you know, <laughs> we gained some weight recently. <laughs> and uh, my pants don't fit and they're cutting into my stomach for eight hours. And I'm just miserable by the end of the day. And mm-hmm. I'm like watching the clock for those last like, you know, I say 15 minutes. It's probably more like an hour. And... <laughs> watching the clock because I'm just uncomfortable and you know that I'm going to hold my posture different it's gonna hurt my back and my neck and then I get anxious and that just starts a whole nother ball so I mean there's so much more to it than just fashion for me it's also comfort and just trying things and feeling comfortable and actually I just recently came across a quote from Patricia Hamill that is maybe being oneself is an acquired taste I absolutely loved it It actually kind of bowled me over because I wasn't even expecting to find like this impactful quote in the book I was reading I'm almost wondering if I'm getting to that point in my life where I'm just more accepting of who I am. And it's probably just a big part of this whole journey. And sometimes I even, um, I crisscross like, what's my chronic pain journey? What's my PTSD journey? And what's the normal part of just being a mid-20s young woman (laughs) growing up and finding yourself? So like, that sounded really like inspirational. Um, (laughs) It is, it is. (laughs) You know, but sometimes I actually lose sight of that and I'm so worried about it. And it's just like, no, this is actually really normal. Um, But I feel like at this point in my life, maybe I'm just acquiring the taste of who I am and understanding who I am. And uh, back to the whole fashion thing, I'm just, I can wear these fashions that normally I'm like, oh, look, you got like this big like stomach thing going on. And and the other part of me is like, I don't care. I look good. That is my body, actually. (laughs) Good for you. Going back to the original question here of how do you make something your own? All of that process and thought process and understanding yourself goes into those posts. So when I'm posting things, I'm talking about how I'm just so excited to be comfortable in something at work or how I'm just really excited that this fashion I've seen in the windows for the last like year or two is actually something I have in my closet and I feel comfortable wearing. That's kind of the reality of who I am. And it comes, I hope it comes through in my posts. So again, I think as long as you're authentic to who you are, as a person, when you're writing, you will always be on track. And I don't think that anything you do, even if you did literally rename or use the name, like what I wore on your blog post, that post is still going to be you. Definitely, as long as you're true to yourself, any inspiration that you take from other blogs is going to come across as you. And if you do, um, like a DIY project, if you do the DIY project and go through all the steps, make sure if you did find that from someone else, reference it. Because you're always going to have your own take on that particular recipe or DIY or Anything that you happen to do, if it's inspired by something else, share it because I think it just helps people if they're on your blog. And if you reference where you found it, they're going to see where you get your inspiration. They're going to learn more and you're giving something to your user because you've included that additional information in that post. And uh, instead of just coming off like, this is me, you're giving them more. I like that too. So kind of goes back to high school or college where you, you know, cite your sources and making sure that you're giving proper, you know, attribution. I kind of want to switch gears just a little bit. So Alice and I are are both writers, and we talk a lot about writing. And so one of the things we had a really great conversation about, oh, a couple months ago maybe, writing as self-care. And boy, I, I really love this concept, and I'd love to hear your particular take on it and your thoughts on it. Absolutely. So the self-care idea actually came from when I was at the pain rehabilitation clinic in uh, Mayo Clinic in Rochester. One of the things that they talked about was that there is your your work life, your personal life, and just understanding like the balance between the two and how you really do have to focus on self-care. 
um, just because people with chronic pain and probably goes into PTSD too. Um, they let certain things like just, you know, showering or feeding yourself or just basic self-care activities go to the wayside because they're so wrapped up in what's happening with the pain or with what's going on. And I really think that that's a concept that transitions very easily to everyone else because we get so wrapped up in our work lives. And if you have kids, taking care of your kids, getting them to school, getting them to daycare, taking them to their soccer games, making sure all these things happen. And at the end of the day, you've focused on taking care of your kids and making supper and getting to work and making sure you hit that deadline and getting groceries and getting home and making supper and cleaning the house and laundry and blah, and keeps going. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you've done nothing for yourself. That definitely is going to happen. Probably a lot. But I still think that there needs to be that balance where you do something that kind of refills your cup and kind of just balances that energy. For me, that's writing. I'm a very creative person and that is what fuels me. I just recently did a project at work where I got to do some design and I would just, my mind was blown at how fast those four hours, like the day was <laughs> over. And normally in the afternoons, that's kind of my hard part. I'm struggling to kind of like, oh, I need to focus. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> More coffee. Get off Facebook. You know, that, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. In case my boss hears this. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I'm struggling to focus and like those four hours just blew by and all of a sudden it was 530 Oh. I didn't even realize that the office was emptying out. And, you know, that shows, I mean, that to me shows, one, I should try to find more creative outlets for myself at work. And two, it really does matter to me. It does fuel me. It gets me excited about things. And this blog has definitely been that for me. Just being super stressed out. Um, maybe something happens. There's been quite a few posts that I've had where something happened that really triggered me. Or I went through back towards the beginning of the blog, when I was still in very active uh, counseling sessions, I would have just this crushing, majorly revealing session where I would just discover something about myself. And I had to post about like, that was almost like a processing for me. Mm. And that healing journey was writing about it actually helped me process and kind of internalize what I was going through. The other part of it is I want to share that with other people. So when we had this discussion, um, we really just kind of talked about, like, finding finding the time because that's really, honestly, the biggest part for me is finding the time to write, especially now that I've tried to – I'm trying to instill some more reoccurring features. And um, the funny part is when I first started, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, I should come up with these ideas to write about. And, I, oh, I need to plan these posts and take pictures and make sure I have actual information to share because I, I relied on stock photography a lot in the, in the beginning. And now I'm trying to transition to my own photography not saying it's good, just saying it's mine. But trying to, you know, kind of get away from that. I've come to the opposite problem where I now have a backlog of posts with all the photography ready. It's just not written and ready to go up. So, uh, and what I'm running into is just time. Having a million projects and things to do and things that have to happen first and then just focusing on time to sit down and actually write it. I absolutely love when I have those opportunities uh, because when you really focus on it, you can get a couple posts done in a day and get them scheduled. And that's one thing I really highly recommend if you're going to be doing a blog. If you have the time, schedule your, schedule your posts. Um, definitely there's going to be room in there to move something a day. If you are just like uh, your muse comes to you and you have something that you just have to write, go for it. Absolutely write that and get it up. That is perfectly fine. But having those scheduled posts almost takes that like pressure off of you because I definitely have a lot of guilt when I go to... You know, when I see my blog and I realize, you know, I haven't posted anything in a couple of days and I know I am still building my readership, but I want to make sure that when they come to my blog, there is something new for them. I'm really trying to hit at least two a week, if not three, and sometimes that's a struggle. So time is the biggest problem there. 
And that was actually one one of my questions is, <laughs> you know, what do you struggle with when you write? Um, I love talking about the time factor because I think that's something that a lot of my listeners struggle with, mm-hmm. too, um, is this whole work-life writing balance. Like, when you do sit down to write a blog post, do you find that you find the time for it or do you have to make the time for it? Uh, a lot of times, yes, I have to definitely make the time for it. And um, often enough, it will end up just being, you know, I have a little bit of time in between you know, making supper and going to bed. So I'll try to focus on writing that post in that time. And again, it ties directly into self-care. It's just something you have to kind of think of. If you are trying to lose weight, you need to make sure you go to the gym. And if you're trying to be a writer, you need to make sure you write. And it's it's kind of the same concept. And I realized that uh, my mom says that I cut my pie in too many slices. And <laughs> <laughs> what she means by that is I may be an introvert, but I have like a million things going on at the same time. And I'm one of those, I'm a project person. Like give me a project, I will dig in. Mm. But I often find that I have like a million projects in the queue for myself of things like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. But in reality, no one can do everything. And that's something I run into a lot well, I'm just me personally, because I, I know with my back problems and chronic pain that I have to keep level. And we run into that all the time with energy where you'll crash for a few days and you really can't do anything. And so then when you're feeling good, you want to do everything because you're like, oh, I'm back at it. I'm on top. Mm-hmm. And you do everything and then you exhaust yourself and you crash again. And I think that in reality would probably get a lot more done if you just try to do that even keel. And so for me, instead of having like a weekend binge of writing, which is I'm planning on this weekend, um, (laughs) which is actually very enjoyable. But instead of like trying to plan for like these binge writing sessions, um, because things get in the way and life gets in the way. And then you're going to feel so disappointed with yourself. Things get in the way. Life is going to happen and you're not going to write. And if you don't have like an even set kind of schedule for when you're going to get your writing in, you may miss that opportunity and then you're just going to be disappointed in yourself. I think we all do that to ourselves where we just get really frustrated because like I was going to do this and I didn't and now I'm failing. But if you have kind of a set schedule and just understanding that life is going to happen, you're going to feel a lot better about that. So I love that that image. In a way, it's you're almost saying don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Kind of. Yeah. And so like don't save up all your writing for this weekend because something might happen. Mm -hmm. Instead, maybe schedule smaller chunks of time throughout the week. And then if one of those, you know, gets interrupted by desk shopping Mm -hmm. or family comes into town unexpectedly, what have you, Mm -hmm. then you still have, okay, well, there's tomorrow that I have blocked off. And then I I feel like less of a failure. I'm not instigating a panic attack. Right. Yeah. And I'm avoiding that anxiety. And I love the, I love the idea of the even keel. Mm -hmm. Instead of like hills and valleys, just trying to keep it nice and steady and you'll get a lot more done that way. I am really bad at that. So thank you. (laughs) No, me too. I, yeah, I I do not necessarily follow what I preach. Uh, So I, I shoot for that. However, uh, it doesn't always happen. So no. actually, it doesn't happen a lot. But I'm That's working towards okay. it. That's what I'm... You, you've recognized it and you're working towards <laughs> it. And um, I think that's something that, you know, I hadn't even been aware of. And so now you've shared that with me. And now I can process that and work <laughs> towards it as well. Um, um, something else on that, yeah. too, that I also really think is important is a lot of times you may realize that you have half an hour of downtime. And you can get quite a bit written in half an hour, actually. You can do a lot of bit of planning. Myself, personally, I know that a lot of times it's really frustrating when you don't have a nice, steady chunk of time. But what I think is really helpful is planning in advance. So that's something I think is very, very helpful. And I'm working towards a lot of my posts are usually done the night before or the day before or 
the hour before they po- get posted. <laughs> um, and sometimes there are also works that just don't get finished and finally you're posted once they're finished. So I use a tool called Evernote and that's where I keep all of my notes because I can access them at work. So if I have like a brainstorm moment of like, oh, I have to post this, I can write a quick paragraph on a new note and then it's there for inspiration later. So I don't have to think about what was that post going to be about or that concept. Um, I can just write it quick. It takes like just a minute. But then um, because Evernote is accessible on your phone, it is accessible on any computer with an internet connection. It's very easy to just kind of work from different locations or different computers. Uh, you know, you could be sitting at the dentist office and have a brainstorm and just type it really, type it in really quick on your phone. And so it definitely keeps my ideas in one place. But the other point is if I can have some ideas or just even a list, you can do checklists. And so I have one where I just keep a consistent checklist of these are the posts I want to do. And so a little preview for my readers. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of like Halloween uh, costume tutorials and stuff like that. So I'm trying to plan in advance. Like what are the seasons coming up so that I don't kind of get like this panic like, oh, no, I need to post something. It's Halloween. I've already got like this consistent schedule. So trying to plan ahead and then. What it comes back to is those are some of the bigger posts, but if you've got kind of a checklist of these are the topics I want to write about or these are the things in my queue that need to be written, that when I have that half hour of time, I'm not sitting down like, okay, I've got time. What do I need to do? You're like, okay, I need to get this post completed or I need to work on this post or I can pick between these two, but you know what you're going to do. So when you sit down for that 30 minutes, you can get at least you know 20 minutes of workable time in on that. I've been far more productive the more that I've tried to like plan out and schedule things that I want to do and uh, keep track of those because sometimes you forget. You have like, oh, this would be a great idea and then you kind of let's slide it on the wayside. But if you put it on the list, I think there's a higher chance that you're actually going to get to it. Talking about planning these posts, I know that you're kind of a data person and I know that, so you, you kind of walk this fine line between being a left brain and a right brain, mm-hmm. sort of a data and a creative person. Just for people who are maybe interested in looking into starting a blog or have just started a blog, can you give us an idea of the amount of time it takes for a blog post? Actually, actually a great question because it depends on the post. So a lot of times what I run into with blogging is you're going to have what I call features. You're also going to have just regular posts, like lifestyle posts that get kind of sprinkled in throughout that. And there's going to be different, I would say, time investment value. So each post has a different value. And so one I do is called Friday Replay, where I share um, the most recent finds that have been um, kind of on repeat throughout the week on my uh, Spotify account, just things that I find and I'm just like, oh my God, I love the song. And I love sharing music. It's also one thing that really keeps me focused because the music for me anyway, is the way that I can somehow keep that swirling mass of chaos in my head of thoughts and allows me to work better. So it definitely is more of an inspiration thing, but also I need that music to be able to work efficiently. Big thing for me. So anyway, Friday Replay is a uh, post where it's actually pretty simple. I know what I've been listening to and throughout the week, if I get one, I'm like, yeah, this this is definitely a song. I find the YouTube video, save it in an Evernote, and then it's really easy to throw that post up there. It takes maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, and it's just something that I curate throughout the week that doesn't take me any time. Hmm. Um, so it's a nice feature of a post that I can get up there very quickly and very easily. Other posts take some more time, especially if it's something that is subject intensive. So there's some posts, and I'm still actually working on how I want to write these because there's, uh, I definitely want to get some posts out about kind of my backstory. And originally, um, just kind of for privacy and personal reasons, I didn't want to put that out there, but I realized that it's also a very viable part of my background and almost like talking, I'm definitely not a subject matter expert at all. 
in any of this or a doctor or anything. So I'm going to preface with that. (laughs) But it's my own personal experience. And I think that by sharing that, I'm giving something to my user that can help them grow in their journey as well. But in doing that, I want to make sure that I am providing that in a very well-rounded post that has enough information to really give value. So those take longer. Um, And actually, I don't work on them consistently, which is really funny for me. I don't start from like start to finish on a post. Those could take anywhere from two to four hours, depending. But a lot of times I'll start them. I have one I started back in June and it's not ready yet because I work on it when I am ready to deal with that uh, topic matter. So that one's a deeper one for me. Um, And then there's also posts that just take more planning. So like my Halloween posts that are coming up, um, there's definitely a lot of planning and research of, okay, how do I want to do this? Do I want to do just pictures of these tutorials? I'm really uh, kind of looking into the idea of doing video for these posts just to kind of do like the makeup tutorials and stuff like that. Super excited for it. Just want to make sure that I do it right. So there's a lot of research that goes into that. And in this case, since it's going to be kind of a feature with a bunch of different posts, once I kind of figure out how I'm going to do it, that research kind of pays off and spans a lot of them. So that's where it's really nice to have features because you can kind of do a lot of forework and planning to really get that ready. And then that's going to expand the length of a bunch of posts once you have it ready. Um, and then there's just the ones that take a lot of time, like uh, DIY posts. So I did a post a little while back, which was lace print dressers. And I absolutely loved it. So I was <laughs> moving and I wanted to redo my dressers because I had painted them like years back and I just didn't pay attention to my materials and painted them white. And they were all this like yucky yellow at this point, oh, no. like years later. <laughs> and it was just gross and they needed to be redone. So I um, did this whole post uh, and did all my research too on like how to strip the old paint and how to refinish the surfaces and how to properly paint them this time so that they don't do that again. And then got really excited about like how do I want them to look. And so I did this really nice like smoky gray lace print on the DIY. And it was really fun. And also for that post, just talking about what I ran into. So we had a really great weekend in March, which I started and it's South Dakota and I know better, but um, <laughs> it was a great weekend. And like paint has like this little window of uh, the, the right temperature to paint. And that weekend was wonderful, but I didn't finish the work because I had to strip the paint and then sand them down and then refinish them. Then we had like another month of bad weather. So I was like watching the temperature as I left work every day. I was like, okay, I might have like another hour or two before it gets below 50 degrees. Oh, and then, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so it was really, really funny on that. And then the other part of it was doing a large, especially like dressers, it's a really big DIY project. And that was a struggle for my back. So there was that aspect of it too. So yet in total, that project took me like a month, a little over a month to accomplish and actually get finished. That was also just kind of a funny, funny post. But that, I mean, there was a lot of investment in that. And then remembering to take photos of every single stage and making sure I saved all my links for my research. So like some of those are really, can be really intensive posts as well. Um, And then there's also the fun ones where I make something for supper and it's like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this and post the recipe because it's awesome. And those, you know, are smaller. So finding a good range is my recommendation. Find some things that work for you, things that you can just write about really easy. Uh, Features help you do that because it gives you like an idea of schedule and consistency. Just keeping that kind of on track and posting things that are more consistent with what you do and having some that have different values. So having like some really good high value pieces and some really low value pieces and being able to kind of intersperse those. Um, The other part of that too is once you get going, understanding that this doesn't have to be a perfect process. When I first started, I was like in this, I can't tell anyone about my blog. It's not ready. It's not perfect. And it was just really funny that 
uh, as I've kind of continued to go, I'm like, you know what, this feature doesn't really work for me and I don't really want to talk about this anymore, but I really am excited about these, so I'm going to post about these. And then also as I've had the data gathering, um, I have Google Analytics on my site and I've kind of noticed that the people that are finding my blog for the first time are finding it on posts that are not necessarily some of my higher value posts or I guess in terms of personal values, so the ones that I put like a lot of deep thought into. Those are the ones that don't necessarily get found right away. Mm-hmm. A lot of my DIY posts, the ones that I'm putting a lot of time investment into, those are what people are finding me for. So um, there's also kind of that play as well is what are people coming to my site from and understanding that um, in reality, this comes to like any type of content situation ever. The more you put into that post, the higher value is going to have to your readers. So um, just kind of understanding that too and maybe adapting. You might find that. So I definitely make sure that I am putting the posts on there that are really authentic to me. And I do love doing DIY, but I also realize now that the more of the DIY stuff I put out there, the more people are going to find that and find my blog and hopefully continue reading my blog from that. So that's also something to keep in mind when you're writing is just understanding how do people find you and maybe identifying that your audience is actually different than you originally thought it was going to be. Interesting. So you talked a little bit about Google Analytics. That's something that you have on your site that Mm -hmm. lets you see how many visitors are coming to your site Mm -hmm. and what content they're looking at. Would you recommend any certain blogging platform? Do those all tie in with Google Analytics or is there something in particular that you find you like using? Most of the big ones do accept Google Analytics. So I know there's people that want to do like Wix, which the main thing to note there is you don't own the content. On, on sites like Wix, you don't get to take that anywhere. If you decide to stop paying Wix, you have to make sure you have that content saved somewhere because when that site goes down, it's gone. And that, that was the main thing that kind of went into my thought process was I wanted to own my site and my content that I was putting out there. And, but I do know a lot of bloggers, they do have sites through other platforms that is definitely more, it's definitely cheaper than what I'm doing. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so using things like WordPress, WordPress is a wonderful, wonderful blogging platform. It is built for blogs. And there's tons of free themes out there. You can even purchase a theme and install it on your free account. Um, It ties into Google Analytics, and it's just a great platform to work on. TitePad is another one. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I know a lot of blogs use it. And again, it's also built for the more of the blogging type platform. With things like WordPress and TitePad, if you want to connect it to an actual domain name like madlikealice.com, instead of being like madlikealice.blogspot.com or something like that, mm-hmm. you need to pay them. It's kind of an upgrade service. And um, I wanted to completely own everything and every step of the process. So I actually, I, I host my website through a hosting service. I bought my domain name and connected it. I bought a template uh, and customized it and made it my own and just kind of built it up from there. So I, I definitely put maybe more like financial investment into my site than was absolutely necessary. I wanted to be proud of what I had. And uh, so I definitely did put a lot more into it than was maybe necessary if you wanted to start writing. And also knowing that you can transition that. So the other reason I like Evernote is I write my blog posts first in Evernote, and then I put them into my blog. My blog ever went down or something happens, the whole eggs in one basket thing. Mm -hmm. If that blog goes away, you know, disappears with my content, I still have everything you wrote. It would suck to have to (laughs) enter that all over again. But I own my content. I own my website. And I really like that aspect of it. But again, I think I went maybe a little above and beyond what you need to, especially as a starting blogger. There's actually been a lot of conversations. I follow a lot of bloggers that are involved in like these conventions. Mm -hmm. They kind of talked about like how all these noob bloggers, and I definitely think I'm in that (laughs) category as well. Um, 
but a lot of people they'll you know for these like fashion blogs they'll go out there and they'll hire a photographer to take their photos or or they have like these you know stunning beautiful photos and I kind of get trapped in this like we're in this Pinterest world nowadays Mm, right where everything is beautiful and perfect and that's not real all the bloggers I follow, I really love because they're authentic. They talk about, you know, maybe I did, like, this room feature, but there was a lot of work that went into getting this room ready. And the fact, like, you, if you're going to do, like, a like a house reveal or do, like, a post about, like, here's how I styled my house, in reality, you're not going to clean that entire house from top to bottom and then do a huge photo shoot. What's more likely is you're going to do, like, one room at a time or even one corner if you're going to do, like, oh, I know I have to have this set up perfect. And that might not be how your room is all the time. If I do one, I'm probably going to do something in my bedroom because it'll show the full, you know, lace print dresser set and just how I'm kind of styling it. Um, I'm probably going to remove the dog bed and, you know, the clothes that are laying on the floor. You know, like, I'm going to make it perfect for the pictures. But that's understanding it's not always the way it is. But I also like the fact that these bloggers are honest about that, that we don't live in these, like, you know, idyllic worlds. These are, you know, touched up photos. And here's how we did it. And here's how we set it up. And they're kind of giving you the steps you need to be able to do that on your own instead of you know, having to hire photographers and stuff like that. So yeah. and for me, it's been a learning journey, too, just like trying to do these fashion photo pictures and, you know, by myself and getting the equipment. It's like, how do I how do I take pictures by myself and understanding like the equipment involved? I really liked that I've done it authentically. Like, I don't have a nice camera. I don't even have a camera. I use my iPhone 4S. <laughs> Top of the line technology right there. Hey, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, just working with what you have because, you know, again, I know a lot of bloggers like to monetize their blogs. And I'll be totally honest, like everyone could use more money. But what I'm doing is for me. It's to kind of fill my cup and to be able to say, you know, I accomplished that or look how cool that is. And uh, the creative process of understanding, like I've learned so much about Photoshop and learn so much just about understanding, you know, just photography in general and understanding how different angles work and how to compose a shot. And then the whole fun aspect of how do I do it when I am trying to use a camera or remote and actually <laughs> like, take photos of myself with a tripod is interesting. So oh, a um, lot of learning curve there. And it hasn't stopped me from putting things on my, on my blog. I talked about how, you know, I was using the uh, reverse camera so you can actually see the display of yourself on my iPhone. And I realized that the two cameras in your phone are actually very, very different. Uh, one's like a two megapixel and the other one's like an eight megapixel. So there's very different photo quality and what you can use. See, yeah, learning. I learned something today. Oh, my god! But I learned that the hard way when, you know, I went into my Photoshop to kind of edit and like change, you know, levels and stuff like that. And realized, you know, this photo isn't big enough for a feature image because it's simply, it's just not a large enough file, you know, photo quality and stuff like that. So um, I posted that and talked about how I learned that. And at some point I may upgrade my equipment, but again, I'm learning as I go and you do not have to invest a ton of money to do that in, in blogging. I started this podcast on a shoestring budget. And I think that that, you know, for a lot of people who do this as a hobby, they're doing it as a hobby. They're doing it for themselves, and they don't necessarily have that large financial investment that they can make. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that. So it kind of sounds like you recommend WordPress and... As a blogging platform, I think WordPress is probably my favorite. I know there's out there. Um, I think Blogger is now owned by Google. It is. So there is... Um, that's definitely an option. As I mentioned, that was my, my first blog way back in the day. It was a Blogger account. So um, there's definitely a lot of options out there. My recommendation, start writing. For me, the impetus to kind of start was buying that domain name, even though it wasn't connected, actually, from the first probably four months because I knew I was going to actually make like an actual website and connect it. So I didn't even have my domain connected in the beginning, but I owned it. And that was kind of what really 
was sort of my kick in the butt, I guess, to get going. <laughs> I bought this. This is real. It gets me excited all the time uh, to think of, oh, I could blog about this or new ideas come up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, I saw your website and you have your newsletter sign up and I love it. And, um, you know, just like taking inspiration is like, what can I do next with it? And for one, it's a personal challenge, but it's also this idea of just having conversations. And, and that's what it all comes down to is like that excitement of like, I wrote something and somebody read my work. And um, that's the other part of writing that I, I think blogging has a lot of satisfaction. I definitely would love to write a novel someday. I would love to just kind of expand my writing uh, repertoire of what I can do. <laughs> yeah. But for me, what I really like about blogging is it's kind of like these short tidbits. It's not like this huge, massive project. It is naturally divided into bite-sized chunks that you can handle. And the other part of that is there's a little bit more of like that immediate gratification of mm-hmm. it's up there. You can see it. You can share it with someone. You can get it out there. And then again, when you're tracking, when you actually get like the first comment that day was just awesome. Like just like, I have a legit comment that's not spam. <laughs> and that was awesome to see. I love the comments of people. It means someone read it. Someone liked my post on Facebook. Someone got involved. Someone saw what I wrote. And whether they liked it or not is not even important at that point. It's the fact that I wrote something and someone read it. That to me is probably why I really like blogging as a platform is just because it's immediate gratification for yourself. And this feeling that I am a writer because um, I am working on other projects on the side, but this is something that's out there. I am writing and it's inspired me and saved my sanity in some ways as well, where this is just kind of, this is mine. This is my project and something that's fun for me to do. And a lot of people do that. They write as, you know, for their job and they do writing for clients and it's writing, but it's not for you. So even if writing is your job, um, there's creativity involved in that, but it's not something that's part of you. That is awesome. I love to hear that. I love, (laughs) I, one of my favorite things when I'm talking with writers is hearing about what gets them excited about writing? And I love that you just, your voice just picked <laughs> up with this natural enthusiasm when you started talking about that. So it sounds like what made blogging real for you was purchasing that domain name. Mm-hmm. What I want to ask is advice for bloggers who are maybe scared to take that first step. How do you find your courage to actually buy the domain name or set up your blog through WordPress? How, do you, how did you find that courage? Uh, well, for me, that was probably why I didn't do it for a full year was this feeling of uh, I'm going to feel ridiculous putting pictures of myself out there. I'm going to feel ridiculous doing all this stuff. And actually, in the beginning, I didn't want to use any names. I didn't want to use any photos. I was very, like, privacy concerned or scared, really, about putting out this story. Just like anything that's personal to you, when you put it out there, you're afraid of being judged. And uh, I've been very lucky that up to this point, I have not received any, like, very harsh criticism. Um, but I've definitely seen this a lot with larger bloggers where they talk about that's something that's going to come up. Is their their internet trolls are a thing and they will find you and they will tear you apart. Um, doing something that is very personal to you, that's just very difficult to deal with, especially when you're blogging about something. It's not like a work thing. It's something personal. And if they made comments about that, it just it's going to affect you in a much different way. So I definitely had a lot of that fear starting out. Um, since then, I've kind of gotten over this fear of people seeing pictures of me and stuff like that. I don't know why I had that. Um, um, I let it that that grow naturally. That that kind of over the process of doing that. So that fear will dissipate slowly when you have that. But kind of starting out, the other part of it was I knew that I was going to work on this and I wasn't going to promote it. I wasn't going to talk about it. I was going to post them, and it literally was just for me. Nobody mm. found that original WordPress blog. That was completely private and to myself. So 
it kind of got me over that first step. So you don't even have to buy a domain name. You could just start with doing a blog spot and creating your WordPress account, something like that, and just getting it out there and start writing. Or even do something that's completely not out there. If you want to write, start kind of planning your ideas. What do you want to write about? Start start doing that creative process. And you don't have to tell anyone you're going to do a blog because sometimes that can be scary and then you're going to feel like if you don't do it, you're going to fail. They're going to ask you about it and you'll have to say, oh, I haven't done it yet. I definitely know kind of that feeling behind it. So I really kept it very close to the cuff for a long time. Um, you could even write in just like Word Docs or in Evernote or something like that. And it's not public. It's nothing anyone can see, but you're writing posts. And actually, that would probably help with the whole scheduling thing is mm. writing things in advance before you go out. Um, but for me, I really liked that kick of it's out there. It's technically something real. So just creating that WordPress blog, you don't have to promote it. A lot of people get excited about, oh, everyone has to see it right away. That definitely was not the focus for me. I wanted to get it going. I wanted to to learn. I wanted to feel what this was going to be. And I really didn't start kind of figuring out like where I wanted to go with it until I was about six months in. It was just a really a learning experience up to that point. And I think that definitely the, the point is to have fun with it. I, you can definitely do a lot of the planning and have fun just kind of dreaming of like where do you want this to go. Um, there's also a lot of inspirational posts on different types of blogs. The one that really got my attention was one on Delightfully Tacky. And, <laughs> I love um, that name. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not, it has nothing to do with Hooters. Um, but, uh, she uh, had this great blog post where she talked about how to become a fashion blogger. If you Google Delightfully Tacky how to be a fashion blogger, you'll probably find her post and it just talks about how she started and how she doesn't regret any of the original posts where she had these horrible photos of her, you know, her outfit taken in the bathroom mirror at her college. And she's like, I don't regret that uh, because she, that was doing something. That's Mm -hmm. what she wanted to be doing. And at the time it was a learning experience and we all learn, we all grow, we all change. A lot of bloggers have talked about how their blog has eventually kind of taken a different turn, mm-hmm. has grown. A lot of them rebranded their blog because they realized that what they started three, four years ago is no longer what their life is now. Um, I think Kayla B., who does The Clueless Girl, she ran across that where um, she just kind of grew in her life and now she's a mother. And um, I'm not sure exactly when the transition took place. I think it was fairly recently. And um, But she kind of rebranded her entire blog and... Um, you know, a lot of different bloggers talk about how they get different feedback about how their blogs, their their, their readers are disappointed that their blog has changed. Oh. And there definitely is, I, I think your blog's going to grow and change. There might be some people that like the original stuff and they're not really a fan of where it is now, but you're also going to get new readers. And the main thing is, if that's where you are as a blogger, that's where you need to go because ultimately this blog is going to be about what you want it to be. That is a great response to that. I love I love the idea of when you're first starting out, creating sort of a safe space for mm-hmm. yourself. I love that concept. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing that. <laughs> Alice, thank you so, so much for joining us today and I'm for so glad sharing that you your brought me on. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I, I absolutely love talking with you. You have such a strong voice and you have um I think you have a lot of really good not only creative uh, information, but also that technical information Mm -hmm. to share with listeners. So I think I'd love to have you a guest on here again soon. I would love to come back. Oh, good, good. Um, In the meantime, uh, you can go ahead and visit Alice's blog at madlikealice.com. Remember, Alice is spelled with a Y, -Y A-L-Y-C-E. You'll find a link to her blog in the show notes for this episode. 
Actually, you know what? Before I let you go, I want to spring an unexpected question on you. <laughs> Do you have any uh, just last minute advice for anyone interested in writing, starting a blog, anything like that? Really what I think is probably the best advice is just do it. I know that if you are thinking of starting a blog, it doesn't matter what your topic is going to be. If it's going to be cooking, if it's going to be fashion, if it's going to be lifestyle, if it's going to be any type of topic oriented, just start writing it and let it grow naturally. And the other part of it is, you know, there's this big fear of there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of blogs out there probably talking about the same topic as you. And that can be very daunting. However, as long as you write with your own unique voice and you are true to yourself, that is how your blog is going to stand out. Always, you know, again, start writing. Be who you want to be. Just do it. Get going and always stay true to yourself. Alice, that is probably the best writing advice ever <laughs> is just do it. Thank you again so much for being a guest. Oh, and, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. And we'll, uh, we'll have you on again soon. Awesome. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you.